Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Tolkien this week. We are talking about chapters 9 and 10 of The Fellowship of the Ring. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase Longholes. <laughs> what a queer last name. Yeah, it's from, it's, I'm, I'm from Bree, apparently. <laughs> you're, you're Bree Folk? Bree Folk. You're Bree. A, you're a Bree Lander. I, I would love to be a Bree Folk. Do Bree Folk have great cheese? You know, this is spelled B-R-E-E, sure. right? Not B-R-I-E. I'm just, you it's, know. it's spelled Bree much in the same manner as the horse and a horse and his boy from C.S. Lewis's Narnia Septilogy. Oh, that's right. Wasn't the, the horse's name was Bree. Bree, Henny, Henny, Hoo-Ha-Ha. Bree, Henny, Henny, Hoo-Ha-Ha. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Then they like, they knew, I've asked this before, they knew each other. Oh, yeah. They, they regularly they were, had drinks. Yeah, they were, they were pretty good friends. They disagreed on a lot of things. They were but, frenemies. Yeah. That's what I'm going to tell myself. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's not actually well known, but Tolkien actually died because uh, in a duel between. Thinking of Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr, never mind. That is so on your mind. It's, I, I get, I get why, yes. but it is so in your. It's, it's so good. On your mind. Yeah, yeah. What can I say? So uh, last week we <laughs> today had a, in Middle Earth. You know what? You need to be you keep forgetting. You need to be more aggressive about that before I be more aggressive. That was pretty about this. aggressive. All right. Well, so today in Middle Earth is October fifteenth, and on this day, Strider and the Hobbits are kind of f- still trekking through the wild. Oh, so which, we're catching up with them again. We haven't gotten to yet. We're but catching up with them. We will be soon. We're gonna catch up them. Them kind of like Gandalf is catching up with them. I'm not gonna tell you okay. things that I'm are just gonna curious. happen. Just curious. Just curious. Just curious. <laughs> So now, previously, <laughs> on our little discussions here... Previously on Middle-Earth. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Tom Bombadil! <laughs> previously in uh, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, the Hobbits had a scary little run-in with the Barrow Whites. And once again, our friend Tom Bombadil came to the rescue to escort them to the edge of, of the Barrows so they could... Finally, get a move on. For a second, I thought you were going to say to the edge of tomorrow. Which to the edge of tomorrow. Make yeah. for a very, very different interpretation of the Lord of the Rings. It would. It, I, I mean, if, if, if we encountered Emily Blunt in this book, I'd be very happy with that. So <laughs> So now here we are, chapter nine, at the sign of the Prancing Pony. And our dear hobbits uh, have come to the village of Bree, which is sort of the chief village of the Bree land. And again, that's B-R-E-E, Wait, not like the cheese. So the Bree land is like a whole... So Bree... Okay. It's a town of Bree? Yes. In the place called Bree land. Yes. yes. That's yeah. weird. And there, well, are, there are other towns. You know, there's... Yeah. Country? Well, there's like a, a city of New York and a place called New York. Or No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. I just, just was noticing that. But uh. so... Never mind. Keep going. Keep going. Go. <laughs> I don't know where I was getting at with that. 
So we're we're told kind of a little bit about Brie and how it's its own kind of space and area, and we're told kind of about the men that are from Brie, and uh, that often this is kind of a hub for travelers, uh, such as uh, all uh, all sorts of travelers, such as men, dwarves, and elves. Uh, we're told also that there are some hobbits who live in the Bree land, and much as we've seen with other groups of hobbits, kind of Shire folk think that Bree folk mm-hmm. are queer, and que- uh, Bree folk think that Shire folk o- are queer. So, as 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 happens, <laughs> I kind of adore this, that. <laughs> well, and the the Breelanders uh, think that they're like the oldest strain of men. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other. Too, that's the yeah. other. Bre- yeah, the the claim of the Breelanders is that the men that live here are descendants of the very first men who came into the West. So that's a pretty hefty claim to make. And also the hobbits of, from Bree claim to be the oldest settlement of hobbits. What's with Bree? And people thinking they're the oldest and the top <laughs> dog. Well, they certainly claim it. So, uh... They, they arrive after, after dark. Yeah. And there's a gatekeeper who is kind of almost harassing them. And Frodo's getting a little snippy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, our name and our business are ours. So yeah. what's it to you? And he Let like, us in. He's like, well, those are yours, but mine is my job, which is to ask questions because things have been getting weird out here. As we've seen pretty much everywhere else. So Frodo's like, Underhill, I'm Mr. Underhill, and we wish to stay at the end. That's all you need to know. So he lets him in. And then as soon as he lets them in, this was my first kind of, so if you've noticed a theme, I really like the language that he uses to describe the uh, the, the Black Riders. Mm-hmm. And so he, he lets them in, and then it says, The man stared after the hobbits for a moment, and then he went back to his house. As soon as his back was turned, a dark figure climbed quickly in over the gate and melted into the shadows of the village street. Well, It wouldn't make a sound, right? I know. I just, for some reason, that sound came to mind. We'll come back to this, though. I just liked the melted into the shadows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, again, we have this kind of ominous, dun-dun-dun, what's happening, who's following our hobbits? Everything, again, seems much more sinister mm-hmm. than when Bilbo was on adventures, so... Indeed. So now they come to the Prancing Pony, which is this inn uh, that had been recommended by Tom Bombadil, and immediately they, they kind of look at the buildings, and Sam is a little bit uneasy because everything looks big and unfamiliar, but Tom Bombadil said, let's go here. So, okay, we're going to go. We, we trust so, that weirdo, so. <laughs> so now we meet the innkeeper. Again, whose name is Barlamin Butterbur. What a great name. That's a great name. <laughs> what a great name. And they're swamped. There's so many people there. There's yeah. dwarves. There's hobbits. And he he comments that, he, hey, well, he asks them for their name. And, like, everyone gives their name except for Frodo, who's like, I'm Underhill. Which I found kind of like, I feel like first lesson of aliases you all should change your names but that's just that, yeah. that's whole chapters about how their journey has not been very successful and how they have not been handling themselves very well perhaps so we'll hobbits are not the best folk at, at deception yeah it's very <laughs> well, why, why would they need to have that skill ever right good point <laughs> but so butterbur was saying yeah we're all full up except so if you're but we have like Hobbit type mm-hmm. rooms and are I, on the first level. Yeah, and small. I love that that they, that that the inn has 
special accommodations for hobbits because as they have to. They, yeah, he knows that hobbits would prefer a ground level and that they he they even have round windows so that they can see the sunlight streaming well, in. And it know. even says that Sam like kind of hesitated for a minute in front of the three-story house. Yeah. Because yeah. you know because this is not a hobbit dwelling at what all. Hobbits Hobbits like to, you know, if they especially would like to be underground, and only kind of more recently have hobbits begun even building houses, dwellings on top of the ground, and those, of course, are very short, so. What if you took, like, a hobbit to Dubai? They would be absolutely I mean, floored. it's dry, it's hot, there's sand everywhere, and the buildings are massive. And, there, yeah, there's a skyscraper there that is the tallest skyscraper in the world. Imagine poor little Sam at the foot of that thing. His heart would explode. <laughs> like, we're not talking about, like, there's no, like, being hesitant. This heart would explode. <laughs> so the other thing that Mr. Butterbur mentions is he, he sees... Uh, he says things have been busy and again there have been some weird travelers kind of about kind of again we've heard of this before and it says no matter I will I'll uh, accommodate you and then he take gives them a room and has their uh, pony stabled and gives them beer and a meal and then he invites them back down into the pub because you know we all like to hear news from outsiders which i love that so ho- uh, shire hobbits call bree hobbits outsiders mm-hmm. and bree hobbits call shire hobbits outsiders so again it's just like it's a weird mix it's, yeah it's, well, it's, it's lovely i mean i gotta bring up this and he kind of like introduces a lot of people mm-hmm. to the hobbits but i love this section where it says the men of bree seemed all to have rather botanical and to shire <laughs> folk rather odd names like rushlight goat leaf I almost read this goat loaf. Uh, was that Heather Toes, Appledore, Thistlewool, and Fernie? Yep. Not to mention Butterbur. I'm pretty sure it's just Heather. Heather Toes. Heather Toes. Heather Toes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the hobbits had similar names. The Mugwarts, for instance, seemed numerous, but most of them had natural names such as Banks, Brookhouse, Brockhouse, Longholes, which is the one I liked, <laughs> Sandheaver. And Tunley, many of which were used were using the Shire. So yeah, yeah, a lot of weird names floating around. Again, there's you know the, these individual little groups are so well distinguished, and not even to mention each the, other. the yeah. dwarves that are there too. Right, right. Who are coming back from somewhere? So th- there was a moment though. Uh, so Frodo, Pippin, and Sam decide that they'll go back down to the pub. But Mary says he's going to stay up in the room and sit by the fire for a little while and he says you know maybe later if I want to I'll go outside and you know get a breath of fresh air and then he says something which I just like because I had had this conversation just the other day it made me curious uh so Mary tells them uh to mind your p's and q's which we've all had our parents tell us to mind our p's and q's right yeah so the other day uh, I was talking to my dad and he told me that he said mind your p's and q's and then we kind of got on a discussion. What, what, where does that come from? Yeah. And so we actually looked it up. And mind your P's and Q's as it's used for children usually refers to pleases and thank yous, right? Oh. P's and Q's. Put also, that together. Right. Also sometimes pleases and excuse me because it's, again, got that Q yeah. sound in it. So there's your P's and Q's. However, I, saw, I found another origin for it, which could be uh, contextual here. Um, I just I just like this because yeah. it, it made me laugh. So uh, this is uh, thanks to Wikipedia here. 
Um, in 17th century English pubs and taverns, bartenders would keep a watch on the alcohol consumption of the patrons, keeping an eye on the pints and quarts that were consumed. Uh. As a reminder to the patrons, the bartender would, remi- would recommend they mind their P's and Q's. They may also have been a reminder uh, to, to the bartenders themselves not to confuse the two units written as P and Q on the tally slate. So that's awesome. That's just a fun little tidbit there. Uh, and, and it properly associates with itself within within this context, yeah. yeah. But so okay, so um, I, I did some digging around, and the only reference I could find to a specific height for Baradour was from uh, Peter Jackson's trilogy, at which it is portrayed at being approximately twice the height of the Burj Khalifa. So actually, Sam would see it and think, "Oh, that's cute." <laughs> <laughs> This is like some- not not at this moment though. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. Maybe a little later. <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's that's a good that's a good little factoid to know there. So yeah, now you know the other three hobbits are down uh, in the pub, and of course, Frodo's has to come up with this story for why they're out journeying (laughs) because again he doesn't want to give things away and i loved his story that he came up with he said that he was very interested in geography and history which of course was many of the hobbits found odd and then even that he was thinking of writing a book which i liked the response to that uh at which there was silent astonishment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he and his friends are out trying to collect information for this now. I just love that. I get that he's the sil- made up this whole story about himself. I get the whole silent astonishment thing. Right? I, yeah. like people just stare at you like, you you, you weirdo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I totally get that. So yeah. you, totally, you totally know yeah. how uh, Mr. Underhill is feeling right now. Uh, so yeah, then Frodo kind of starts to feel that the questions are making him a little uneasy, so now he decides he's going to seclude himself a little bit. Because they're all like, oh, suddenly surprised he's not going to sit there and write a book in front of him, which I thought was... <laughs> right. And then they also were asking questions about the Shire, which, of course, Frodo does not want to discuss nope. things in the we're Shire. Because we, yeah, he's got to be secretive. Um, That's when they spot the uh, big guy in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> so... Sam and Pippin, meanwhile, are kind of entertaining everybody else, and the men and dwarves are also talking a little bit, and again, we're hearing news about trouble in the south, and how there seems to be some sort of mass exodus of people coming north because of all this trouble in the south, and they want peace. And now then Frodo notices somebody sitting in the corner. Well, and he asks Butterbur about this man. Mm -hmm. He basically says, well, he's like they call them rangers, mm-hmm. and they kind of roam around in this area between here and Misty Mountains, and says we don't know his sh- name. Shadowy figure, and they just call him Strider. Yeah, it's just the thing they know him. But they they know they call him by. Yeah, and then and does Strider come up to him and start like Frodo and start talking to him, or is he, he kind go- of doesn't he beckon? Yeah, he like catches yeah. Frodo looking at him. He so kind he- of waves him over because he he sees. Frodo talking to Butterbur and of course, you know, looking at this rather mysterious figure in the corner who is described just, I, I love the whole description of Strider. He's so again, you know, Butterbur is also adding to this kind of mysterious nature here saying, well, we don't know a lot about him, but he goes off for months or, or a year at a time and then we'll come back. And, uh, and you know, then Strider looks like he's very, 
I think the words are used weather worn and mm-hmm. you know then we get a little bit of his wardrobe he's got boots and he's wearing a big hood and he's kind of smoking a strange looking pipe everything's worn everything's dirty yeah and he he just looks like a well-traveled person and so yeah then Str- strider notices the little hobbit looking at him and so he waves him over frodo goes to join him and strider introduces himself and immediately strider warns frodo not to let his friends talk too much because, because damn yeah they are well <laughs> look at this bunch sam and pippin are kind of having the times of their lives right now they're they're the center of attention and pippin is telling these hilarious stories from the shire uh like well, the time that the museum's roof caved in and also there's like this like air of you know strider doesn't know exactly who he's talking to but he he knows. He knows. He knows who he's dealing with because it's like, oh, you guys are trying to be hiding and secretive, but mm-hmm. yet you're so bad at it. Right? But, yeah. And even to go so far as now, Pippin is, Pippin's really like, he's he's in performance mode right now. And so he's telling an even funnier story, which is uh, the time, time that Mr. Bilbo and disappeared. That was weird. And so now, of course, Frodo is like, okay, I have to do something. Well, and Strider says, you need to... You need, you need to dip this in the bud. So Frodo just kind of like jumps up on a table and like starts kind of ad-libbing like a thank you. Mm-hmm. And then they're yeah. like, a song, a song, give us a song. And I start singing. So it's a song. Uh, and then in this song, we get, I, I believe, our first footnote mm-hmm. of, of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, and it we, says, get a, we get a, an appendix reference. <laughs> so it says to see a note. And what, as it turns out, is in appendix D, the section on the calendars, and it turns out that um, the the equivalent weekdays in in for for Frodo mm-hmm. would be would be Thursday and Friday. Those would be the weekends. Mm-hmm. But for our convenience, he is translated a reference to being on Sunday instead. Just like this absurd level of detail. Like, yeah, for this little one little line in the song oh, that Frodo yeah. sings. Yeah, still at, like still holding up the. This but is, this is a translation because yeah, the, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't translate exactly to English because it's in that weird crazy language we were talking about a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and all that stuff. Right. So yeah, we got that nice little line, and then additionally, so this song that Frodo sings, I love it. It's an invention of Mr. Bilbo's, of course, and it was one of Bilbo's favorites. So that's probably why it popped into Frodo's mind to sing it. And did this song remind you of anything? It should have. Uh, it didn't, I mean, nothing really rang to me. I mean, I read through it, but it, it didn't really come to mind it, for me. It should remind you of an English nursery rhyme. So this song that Frodo is singing is basically about an inn, and pretty much everybody in it uh, is a little overserved. <laughs> well, gets, and there's... Gets a little bit too much beer. <laughs> at one point, uh, a cow that jumps over a moon. A cow that jumps over a moon. So, let me just tell you a little English nursery rhyme right now. Okay, I missed yeah, that for some yep, reason. Yep. Yeah. Hey diddle diddle. The cat and the fiddle. The cow and the fiddle. Or yeah. the cow and the fiddle. No, the cat, cat and the fiddle. Cat, the cow jumped no, over the, the moon. It's the cat in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little no. Boy blew it. <laughs> Not quite. I mean, we Three, could, six, we nine, make... the goose drank wine and lucky <laughs> chewed tobacco on the streetcar line. The line broke. You know, when I was a kid, I didn't realize that that was like you know, like a streetcar with like a catenary overhead and mm-hmm. like that's what it was. So I imagine that like the monkey was just on the, on like the yellow lines in the middle of a road and that like somehow like abstractly the paint line broke and then like came off of the road and wrapped around this monkey. 
What the hell are you talking about? I have no idea. I missed that, that, that one. That that 369, the goose drank wine, the monkey jumped back on the streetcar line, the line broke, and the monkey got choked, and they all went together, and they all went to heaven in a little rowboat. I can honestly say, never heard that in my entire life. I've never heard that either. Wait, what? There's a little never g- heard that. There's a little clapping thing, game that goes along to it. I'll show you guys after we Holy play. crap. But anyway, I'm pretty sure that most people have heard Hey Diddle Diddle. And Who so Doodle Doodle? This is the Middle Earth version <laughs> the goodle, now. Doodle? Of, of of that, or probably would eventually would become yeah, yeah, which we we can we can kind of infer maybe. So that's, I just I love it, I love it. Um, so now of course everyone has more drinks, and everyone insists that Frodo has another drink, and that he sings the oh, song again. So drunk, and I just <laughs> imagine went to right. And Frodo is really like getting into the performance now. Yeah. you can kind of see it's along the same lines. That, that, that Pippin had, had taken earlier where he just is getting a little bit into his Dude. performance and the kids are so bad at, at this hiding thing <laughs> at the point in the song when the cow jumps over the moon Frodo decides he's going to make a great leap and what should happen but our friend slips Somehow. and falls and that ring yeah. ends up on his finger yeah so and even previously there had been a moment where Again, Frodo almost had a desire, when he was kind of nervous, he had a desire to put the ring on. And he also felt, though, that it was more, the ring had a desire as yeah. well. We, we constantly get this, like, personification almost here. So if you get sauced and you have the <laughs> ring near you, you're just going to be, like, such a weak-minded, like, individual at that time. You're just going to be like, whatever, burn. So what you're saying is that texting your ex is equivalent to, like, having the ring around you. you get, <laughs> yes. You, you, yes. You get tipsy, and it just happened, and no, you wake up the next morning, and you're like, oh, my God. No drunk no. texting, and similarly, no drunk ring-bearing. All right. So anyway, of course, this causes quite a stir. Cause because Frodo slips and falls. Yes. And unfortunately, when he slips and falls, somehow that ring manages to slip its way onto his finger and now mr frodo has disappeared into thin air everyone's freaking out and like causes a stir they say they think he fell right through the floor right leaving a hole and so he just kind of like crawls over to the corner and like he's like i'm wearing the ring and he slips it off Mm -hmm. and they're all like in a commotion he's like no i'm just over here i'm over here with my buddy strider (laughs) well and i like how Everybody kind of immediately looks suspiciously at Sam and Pippin, and they're like, "You guys are a traveling circus or something," you know? Like Magician. you're you're trying Things to hoodwink like us, yeah, yeah, magicians. Uh, so yeah, Strider of course kind of scolds uh, Frodo. Yeah, sorry, uh, scolds Frodo, and then also reveals that he knows his name. He said, "I'd like to speak to you, Mister Baggins." And uh, slowly, kind of everybody else in the pub leaves, and now it's just Strider. He's like, I need to talk to you later. And then, immediately after that, Butterbur is like, oh. I need to talk to you I just remembered later. something. I want to talk I to you. I need to talk to you in secret. <laughs> and Frodo's like, all these stupid secret meetings. Right? So. And so now we come to... Most poorly named chapter the in the terrible most, so far. The, most poorly named? It's a great name for a chapter. And the name of the chapter is Trotter. <laughs> it's just some getting at it. It's just one, it's just, at, I mean, at the, at, it was like, at the sign of the Prancing Pony, a yeah. shortcut to mushrooms, and then just <laughs> strike. 
But I mean, Strider's. It's not, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not I mean, saying we got it's false. we got the old forest. That's we did, but Strider's pretty. <laughs> Strider's pretty epic. <laughs> Strider is not. <laughs> Strider is epic. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> they return up to the room, <laughs> and Mary, of course, still isn't there. He's going out walking or something. But who else was? Wait, hold on. Strider was there. Yeah, okay, so, hold on. What? Okay, because I have to tell you how I imagine this scene. Mm-hmm. They're not in the Hobbit room, right? They're in their little parlor. Yeah, there's like a little parlor, and they have little rooms that kind of okay. go off from that. Because yeah. my image first went to, they were in the Hobbit room, and, Str- <laughs> and Strider's in there, like, all Strider's hunched up. Just and, like, like, and, like, the part where he, like, disappears off the shadow, he's, like, <laughs> like trying to get away, and, like... It was very comical. But in comical because he's a large, tall man in yeah. a hobbit room. <laughs> so Strider basically says, okay, I'll tell you everything I know in exchange for a reward. I need a reward. And that reward is actually not Going monetary whatsoever, <laughs> but yeah, accompanying you and being your guide, basically. Which I feel like is more rewarding for, well, depends on... Depends on what you think of the personality of... It's not so much a reward as a condition. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's his condition. So Frodo kind of refuses this. No. Yeah, he's like, no, because I don't know anything about you, sir, except for that you sit in corners of pubs and look all mysterious and seem to, for some reason, know my name. (laughs) You're doing it now. Like, he's just just telling the story of, like... Hearing them talk about how they need to refer to Frodo as Underhill mm-hmm. and not, and how he's like, and I love how he like, like Strider like references Tom Bombadil as yep. like, oh yeah, that old guy, whatever. Like he like he's not weirded out by him at all. Like he knows who that. I is. heard well, I heard you talking to Tom Bombadil, but, and he and he also Strider is kind of pleased though that that Frodo instantly asked for more information because Strider's like, aha, you've come to your senses now. And he says, you know, old Fernie. Uh, Mm-hmm. Not to be trusted, and he was here, and he's going to sell the information about what happened to you, so your cupboard's probably blown. Well, and he and that other Southerner had slipped out of yeah. the pub right at the moment where, and they were kind of whispering to each other. So Strider is clearly very got, aware of things. It's like, you got one night. Right? Maybe. And and so Frodo's like, you make a good point. You seem to know more about the Black Riders than I do, so maybe you should come with us. And <laughs> then I love this bit. Sam says, with your leave, Mr. Frodo, I'd say no. This Strider here, he warns, and he says, take care. And I say yes to that. And let's begin with him. He comes out of the wild, and I never heard no good of such folk. He knows something that's plain and more than I like, but it's no reason why we should let him go leading us out into some dark place far from help, as he puts it. And I just love that. That's like the most Sam thing to ever have sand. Right. And I also like, though, that Strider... It kind of appreciates that as well, you're, you know. You're starting to he's think. like, you, yeah, you, you're thinking, and I like that. Wish I'd been doing I, that a few hours ago. But, but I, I, yeah, exactly. And then there's like a knock on the door, and it's uh, butterball. Butter he's not a turkey. He's uh, not a turkey. No. Or a little butter burr. Butter uh, and his little hobbit liaison knob. His little knobby. Yeah, and he so he had he has little hobbit helpers, and their names are Knob and Bob. (laughs) That's great, right? Don't you just love it when masters name their slaves in comic (laughs) books? 
Uh, I don't think they're slaves, though. Well, anyway. Ho uh, hopefully he pays them. Yes. I, I would imagine. I, I, I imagine Butterbur is a good man. He's a good man. I mean, man. Gandalf trusts him. So anyway, yeah. he's like, That's so, uh, yeah, I was uh, told to keep <laughs> out for... Uh, like Some um, hobbits who fit your description, which to be honest fits most hobbits, but I think this one is actually about you. And he also said he would be going by the name Underhill, but his real name would be Baggins. So anyway, <laughs> I've got something for you. I don't know why yeah. I'm doing all that. Yeah, yeah what are so, you doing? What's this? Three months ago, Gandalf, my friend, left me this letter, and he told me to send it on the next day. But wouldn't you know it that the next day, nobody wanted to leave here. And then the day after that, things got really busy. And so... Cut to the quick. <laughs> right? And they're, they're kind of like, what are you... Okay, let's have the letter. And then he says, you know, I knew... Gandalf also said that you might be coming through and your name would be, you know, Underhill, but it's actually Baggins mm -hmm. and, you know, give you the best treatment and protection that I could. If Gandalf mm -hmm. is not with you, then that means it's like super dire. So he recognized that. So then he says, these black men, said the landlord, lowering his voice, they're looking for Baggins. And if they mean well, then I'm a hobbit. I, I loved that. <laughs> it was on Monday and all the dogs were yammering and the geese screaming. Uncanny, I called it. Nob, he came and told me that the two black men were at the door asking for a hobbit called Baggins. Nob's hair was all stud on end. I bid these black fellows off and slammed the door on them, but they've been asking the same question all the way to Archet, I hear. And that r ranger Strider, he's been asking questions too. Tried to get in here to see you before you'd had bite or sup, he did. <laughs> he did, said Strider suddenly. Ah! <laughs> I was here the whole time! <laughs> and oh, and things would have been much easier if you had let me. And right. And then, of course, Strider instantly counters, like, uh, these black riders, you know where they're from? They're from Mordor. Okay, I have to be honest. <laughs> When he said Mordor, and they were like, oh, Mordor, Mordor, yeah, Mordor, it kind of weird me out because it's been a long time since we heard about Mordor, and I was mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, the yep. thing they have to do. I forgot. Right? So now Butterbur is saying basically, so, okay, here's, here's what I'll do. I feel really bad, and I'm worried that Gandalf's going to burn me to a crisp, basically. And, and so, you know, I'll make sure I'll stay watch tonight and make sure that you are safe through the night and you get a safe send off tomorrow morning. And so now uh, Frodo reads Gandalf's letter. And the entire thing is written in gibberish. <laughs> no. That's, that's more of a Dumbledore than a Gandalf move. That, yeah, that would be a, a Dumbledore move. And so Gandalf's letter basically, again, this would have been helpful three months ago when it was intended to have been sent. Yeah, it says, don't <laughs> leave by July at the latest. Right. <laughs> but basically, yeah, it's telling Frodo, you know, make haste, leave, don't travel by night, uh, you should you should go to Bree. Uh, keep a low profile. Keep a low profile. Uh, hopefully you will come across my friend Strider. However, he goes by, his, his, he goes by Strider, however his name is Aragorn. He's trustworthy. He'll take you to Rivendell. And, uh, you know, if I don't see you before then, I'll meet you at Rivendell. And if I don't make it to Rivendell, then you seek the counsel of Elrond and he will help you. <laughs> so basically, like, all of these pr provisions, like, here's what you do. If I don't fit you here, here's what you do. <laughs> well, yes, don't get sidetracked by Tom Bombadil and his craziness. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but there is a PS, do not use it again, meaning the ring. Yep. And then Oops. PPS, make sure it's the real Strider. Yep. His two names Aragorn, and then he includes a little snippet of a poem. And then he mm -hmm. says, PPPS, I hope Butterbur sent this properly. A worthy man, but his memory is like a lumber room 
thing wanted always buried. If he forgets, I shall roast him. <laughs> and what I liked about this is um, Gandalf signs the end of his letters with a little rune. And I think I think later on when we get to Weathertop, they explain what this rune is and a little bit about Futark script. Mm-hmm. But it's in Futark script. Mm-hmm. And the rune, rune basically is just G, who's just signing. And what I like about this is each at each PS, he signs it with like the rune again. Yeah. And then at the last one, he signs it with like a giant rune. He's like, they okay, this is yeah. actually like the Like an embellished rune. Rune, like, um, uh, yeah. So, I want to talk a little bit about this poem. This poem is pretty epic. Pretty epic, and it's pretty iconic. So, the poem that he includes. Uh, you realize you just ironic. You just use the modern version of epic to describe the thing that epic originally described. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, just, <laughs> I get what I'm doing. So this poem. But this poem isn't an epic. It's not. Yeah. I know. Okay, okay. Sorry. It was like a mixture of like, I, okay, never mind. The poem that Gandalf uh, writes reads as as follows. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. From the ashes a fire shall be woken. A light from the shadows shall spring. Renewed shall be blade that was broken. The crownless again shall be king. And Gandalf gives no explanation of this poem whatsoever. He just has inserted it into, into this letter. And you know, we, we get a little bit more about it now because, of course, Frodo kind of, kind of mentions within this letter. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, says to Strider, well, why didn't you tell us your name was Aragorn? And so then Strider kind of tells us, yeah, that so that well, that poem he, he doesn't actually he's, no no he's Strider's like you know I'm I'm Gandalf's friend and I didn't know that this letter was coming yeah but you know you can use this to prove it and they don't actually fish he keeps on giving he's like yeah my name is actually Aragorn and they, yes that poem does refer to me well <laughs> but they don't even he doesn't even say that poem he, he just says. He quotes, he says, my name is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. He quotes some of that poem. Yeah, he, he quotes, and then, all that is gold does not glitter, not all those who wander And then lost, Frodo's right? like, how do you know that was in the letter? And, and Strider says, I didn't. He says, but I am Aragorn, and those verses go with that name. Yes. So those, those verses are about me. And we don't really get a whole lot else about it, but I will tell you that we'll see this poem again. It seems like well, the, the, like, theme of the book in many ways was just kind of barfed back at us briefly. So this poem basically is it's an allusion to a very important plot point within the book and it also is a a very strong reference to you know things are not always as they seem appearances can be deceiving there you go yeah yeah exactly (laughs) so he also just basically says if you don't trust me after all of this i could have killed you at any point i know you have the ring if i wanted the ring it would be mine right now (laughs) and he like pulls his sword out and he's like see it's actually just a handle and a broken little bit of sword it is indeed a broken sword i love that bit about where he he's like well i could have just called y'all anyway and then he says the sword is very old but soon it will be reforged yeah uh and okay, weird or whatever that means. And then we'll move they're on. all like, wait a minute, where's Mary? Mm-hmm. Hard cut now. <laughs> Just outside running away from like 55,000 Black Riders. Oh, I was going to say all of a sudden we cut to Mary and he wakes up in a uh, kind of a, a dank room and he's chained and there's a saw. And you have to cut, <laughs> you 
No. Well, see, what I was getting at was like, no. was like, he's getting chased by all these black riders, and it's like playing Yakety Sex, like, da 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 Like going in and out of buildings, but it's like further down and stuff like that. Thankfully. Good uh, God. Instead. Thankfully, <laughs> Butterbur had found, or had sent had Knob sent out Nob. to look for Mary. And so Mary comes back. With Knob as well. Who had found him? I have to be honest, I'm pretty close to saying Nog every time, <laughs> so I'm just going to throw that out there. So Mary's like, well, I waited around here for an hour and you guys didn't come, so I thought I'd take a walk. And the writers, they're here. They're in town. <laughs> and I saw them, and... And then I just kind of passed out and felt really weird. Well, okay. <laughs> he saw uh, just outside... Wait. Where's this? I went up for a stroll. I had come back again and was standing... Just outside the light of the lamp looking at the stars, suddenly I shivered and felt that something horrible was creeping near. There was a sort of deeper shade among the shadows across the road. More of this, I just love this term, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just beyond the edge of the lamplight. It slid away at once into the dark without a sound. There was no horse. And uh, he says that they're looking around town and then uh, that he like saw one like muttering to the other and like whispering or hissing. He couldn't hear a word of what he said. I did not creep any closer because I began to tremble all over. Then I felt terrified. I turned back and was just going to bolt home when something came behind me and I, I fell over. And then Nob kicks in and he's like, I just found him lying in, in, in the road by Mr. Fernie's house. And there were like two things that were like kind of like picking him up. And Nob was like, hey, what are you doing? And they kind of just like vanished. Mm-hmm. And then he like brought Mary and Mary's like, I thought I had fallen into some deep water. I don't know, it overcame me. And Strider's like, the black kiss. Sorry, the black breath. Mm-hmm. And then Strider's like, well, they know you're here. And they're plotting. We might not have enough. And there are going to be more because there are many. And, and Strider also knows quite a bit about the Black Riders. And the Hobbits are kind of, uh, take note of this. Strider has this moment where he seems very like disturbed and haunted. Like as mm-hmm. if he's remembering some kind of deep, deep disturbed memory. And, uh, and then Mary's like, wait, who's this dude? <laughs> oh, this is Gandalf's friend. Yeah, that's <laughs> you can trust him. So Strider says, you're not, we're, we're all going to stay in this room tonight. We're going to barricade ourselves in. And, uh, Nob and Bob, you go get our stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they, they all kind of just pile all their stuff on the, on the middle of the floor and, and, and sleep in the middle of the floor for the night. And is we'll it set off in the morning. And they, they've made like kind of fake bodies in the beds. Yeah. Thinking that yeah. The, the writers wouldn't figure out that they were staying the only inn in town in this hobbit specific well quarters. and again strider said you know the 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 riders are plotting but they're not going to be quite so bold and when they see that there's a i mean that the they see a lot of lights on uh so so they know where people are but well, they're probably not going to come in here and there's that bit where they're like like butterbur is like very anxious about this whole thing yeah and she's like no 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 they don't they don't battle like like they don't attack in the same ways we think of mm-hmm. it's all cloak and dagger stuff it's it's they, they, they do it when you least expect it sort of thing <laughs> but yeah so uh, something that uh, that I found interesting we kind of didn't talk about this but so while Strider was explaining to them how he knows so much about them basically he's been following them uh, including so earlier, we that when the hobbits had just come into Bree, and there was that shadow that climbs over the gate. Mm-hmm. It's a misdirect because you think instantly Black Riders. Who is it instead? Wait, really? Yeah, that's right. That okay. was Strider climbing over the gate. 
So it, it's just, it, I, I, I liked that. It, it just adds another little bit to the kind of mystery. And we're introduced and to this like, character in such a, like... That's the second time he's done that yeah. in this book. That's the second time they've done that. Yeah. Because yeah. Miri did it on yep. accident. Yep. Okay. And then we also just get another little uh, aside where he says, Peering out of the window, Frodo saw that the night was still clear. The sickle, asterisk, a hobbit's name for the plow or great bear. Yep. Or as us Americans know, the Big Dipper. The Big Dipper. The sickle was swinging right above the shoulders of Bree Hill, blah, blah, blah. I just like that they have the same constellations that we do. Well, of course they do. Well, I know, but, you know, <laughs> if they have the same nursery rhymes. Like, I just, you know, I like this this bit of placing it within. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, yeah, that's why he was so meticulous uh, this to, happens, to, to make this fit yeah, in. Because Middle Earth is just Earth, so... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no, I slipped in right then. Uh, but these two chapters were more sinister. Yeah, there's, they're there, darker. Okay. Things are the, like it's, the intrigue is building. Yeah, there's there's undercurrent of tension building mm-hmm. that was like we've not felt this sort of tension building. The last time we felt it was when. Gandalf is mm-hmm. full on explaining what the ring is. Mm-hmm. That's when the last we felt tension like this because even the last chapter, the last few chapters, I feel like a weird aside mm-hmm. with Tom Bombadil and stuff like that. Whereas now it's like I feel like we're back on track. Didn't not a problem with those sections. Mm-hmm. Just saying it felt a little off on the edge compared to what we just got in this chapter. We're back on track. Yeah, we're back to the uh, this feeling of urgency now too. We only have like two more chapters left of this. Book mm-hmm. within of book one, yeah, mm-hmm. book one of six. Yep. So, what was everyone's favorite parts? Oh man! Oh, oh crap! Because <laughs> my, my originally, I would say that it was a, I, my image of Strider being in a Hobbit room, but that was an action <laughs> case. Something about that just seems, any point in this book where I can like jokingly in my head think of him in a comical situation just makes me mm-hmm. happy. Uh, for me, it was when Strider's explaining himself, and he gets they they get the the letter from Gandalf. Like for some reason, I liked Gandalf's letter. Uh, yeah, the letter was my favorite bit too. I just liked how you kept on adding like a PS PPS. Yeah, you know, it was very it was very Gandalfian. Well, it was very a little whimsical, but then. Strider also says, well, you hobbits don't realize how important a person Gandalf is. It's kind of the rule that he only shows you his jokes and his tricks. Yeah, which is, which was another thing that I really liked in that point, too, because, again, it kind of points out, you know, why we don't see a whole lot of actual magic-y stuff from, from Gandalf. Well, uh, because, again, it, when he's among the hobbits, it's it's tricks and jokes and fun stuff, but... He doesn't really do a whole lot of great things. And Strider kind of, you know, says, you know, Gandalf's really powerful, and it would take a really powerful thing to constrain him. Well, that's another example of Tolkien writing a character who knows more than the than the characters we're following. Mm-hmm. Because he also has this great line that is just harkens back to the stuff I love so much from these books, which mm-hmm. has been, like, it's something Strider says. He says, perhaps I know more about these pursuers than you do. You fear them, but you do not fear them enough yeah. yet. Uh, tomorrow you will have to escape if you can. Strider can take you by paths that are seldom trodden. Which, Strider, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. <laughs> will you have him? I mean, it's it's again that thing of like, 
oh, you're afraid of him. You don't understand why you, like, you have no perspective about the situation. But I do. But yeah, I do. This thing's old. Uh, you don't get what old is, all right? You know, <laughs> Older than what you think old is. I feel like Eldron's going to throw that one out here pretty soon, so. Is um, that Eldrin? I meant to say Elrond. Elrond. <laughs> My favorite is the poem. The, um... That poem. Yeah. It, all that is gold does not glitter is... Again, it's very famous. It's the most quoted and also most misquoted <laughs> excerpt from, from the... Well, maybe not the most quoted, but one of the most quoted. And often the most misquoted, I think. like it, People get the word order wrong a lot of the time. All that glitters is not gold. Yeah. It is so Tolkien, it hurts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like, I read that, I'm like, oh, this is your Tolkien. Uh, but I also just, I, I, I love what that poem means and what it signifies uh, within, to... within the text, but also just as, as itself too. You can, you could read that poem and I, I hate to break it to you, Katie, but all that glitters is not gold comes from Chaucer. I know it does. Oh, okay. It, yeah. This, it, there, there are influences. Okay. Sorry. It sounded like you're implying that people were quoting it from. No, 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 no. I didn't know that at all. Okay. So but now I learned pe- something. Pe- people quote it from Tolkien though. With the incorrect word, okay. right? Because mm. Tolkien uses "all that is gold does not glitter." Um, so it's like taking it from Chaucer and slightly tweaking it. Yeah. So th- there are a couple of different. Like I, I had looked up. I for- forgot. We've referenced exactly, that before. But there, about yeah. His connection with Chaucer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but I've I've seen it written like "all that is gold does not glitter." J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, nope, nope, that's not the way he wrote it. The force will be with you, <laughs> quoted Gandalf. You know, that's, that's what that sounded like. Use, use the force, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> quoted dumb. Yes, we've all seen those on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I hate when people share that and they're like, I'm such a nerd, this drives me crazy. <laughs> I don't know, it seems like low-hanging fruit. I like them when they, I, because I, I, I'm like, I love, I love absurdist humor. I love it when it keeps going to the point where it's just aggressive at you. So <laughs> on the note of absurdist humor and, uh, and uh, Lord of the Rings, there is a, this is a, a, a smallest of spoilers. It's not really a spoiler, but in The Martian. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In, in the Martian, I haven't seen The Martian yet. So the assemble a like a secret group basically and they call it Project Elrond. And, <laughs> and Kristen Wiig Kristen Wiig's character is like, what is this? And I think it's um Jeff Daniels who says, Oh, it's just a reference to a secret meeting. <laughs> but Sean Bean is in the movie and he's in this meeting. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's and it just I... gets very, you're like <gasps> And, and then um, Jeff Daniels' character is like, well, I want my codename to be Glorfindel. And then, like, me and Chase and, like, somebody in the back of the theater were just cracking up. And I, and I almost, like, said it last, like, I get that reference! <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I would, like, yeah, it was... That's wonderful. It was out of, it was out of nowhere. Now right? I really... Now I want to see that movie even more. Because I haven't gotten to see funny. it yet. <laughs> it, the movie is surprisingly funny. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. So I don't think it's, like the greatest that everyone's been saying, but I enjoyed all it. Mm-hmm. enjoyed all it. That's my new way of conjugating verbs. <laughs> I very publicly said how much I didn't... I I liked the movie, but I didn't... Eh. <laughs> I hate how this, like, if you're not in with the hype, like, you have to feel like 
compelled to be like, it was okay, guys. It just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, I had, I had people on me for saying, like, I just didn't feel much from it. And I got people really on me, like, whoa, okay. But we like the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Yep. And next time we will continue with uh, whatever the next chapter is. Where are we wrapping up book one? Uh, A Knife in the Dark. Council of Elrond, I'm pretty sure, is going to be one episode. Or two. A Knife in the Dark and... Flight to the Ford. Wait, isn't the one that you guys kept talking about, Council of Elrond, is like the longest chapter in the book? Uh, I don't know if it is. It's just my memory of reading this book when I was 13. I was like, this won't end. It's quite long. I don't know off the top of my head if it is the longest in, in the book, but it's quite long. But we will get that in book two. I imagine it's going to be dense, because I feel like it's going to be the second exposition dump in the book. <laughs> well, stay tuned and find out. Thank can, you. Oh, Can I plug something real quick? No. no. Because yes. <laughs> it's October 15th, and we're going to have a new podcast going up on October 19th. Oh, that's right. So I've been do recording a bunch of episodes of the Crimson King cast with with Ashley McKenzie, and that's going to be starting next Monday. And we're reading the Dark Tower series, starting with the Gunslinger. So we're going through the eight books, and I've already had one person like correct me on this. We're reading the eight books, that's seven books in the Dark Tower series, and the one book that he wrote in 2013 and added to the Dark Tower series. We're going to mm. read all eight books that are officially now out there. So we're reading the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. Starting with the Gunslinger, so it's funny because that podcast is the exact opposite of this. I'm the expert. <laughs> Mackenzie is the one who's read Stephen King before, and Ashley has never read any Stephen King, so this is her first. So. And actually, I mean, since we're pimping new podcasts, I have another one as well uh, coming out on October fifteenth, which would be today. Uh, previously, I've talked about the podcast, the Endless Knot. And I've been friends with Avon and Mark on Twitter for several years. We've never actually, I mean, they live in Canada uh, and in Sudbury and, you know, we've never met in person, but we decided through a Twitter conversation to have a kind of loose, I think we're going to try for monthly. I don't know if we're going to stick to it, but just kind of a fun get together podcast where we're going to watch different movie adaptations of Shakespeare and discuss them on their merits as like adaptations versus their merits as films so i uh, we're calling it as as we like it mm -hmm. and uh the first episode comes out on today Be beware of the eyes of october mm -hmm. uh so check out the extracurricular.com and i'll put information up there i suppose i'll assume at some point that you're going to watch romeo plus juliet right we have a whole list of them <laughs> so we're starting with julie tamor's version of the tempest and i really want to okay. next possibly watch uh forbidden planet yeah because oh, that's God, yeah. so good and it's it's oh. version of the you know the great thing about this conceit is that there's so many things you could do mm -hmm. you know we could do 10 things i hate about you mm -hmm. or we could do you know, Romeo plus Juliet, or mm -hmm. we could do like Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet. I think mm -hmm. it was a discussion of Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet that led to us to coming up with I have, a, I have a dumb one. Well, that sounds like fun. But it's based on, it's, it's inspired off this mist is inspired off of the Tempest. Okay, we're not going to I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just if, if you felt want, like throwing that one if out If you want to have a side episode, please be my guy. You know, I was actually just thinking about how much I need to replay mist because I don't know that I've ever like legitimately just like played mist, you know? I do it I just got I know you do, but yeah. you have it memorized. I do have it memorized. People have, were watching a live stream of me doing it and were intrigued by how much I knew. I have I have some memory of playing that game. So I had missed when I was like seven or eight. You know, it was like the game that everybody just owned. And so I was playing it and I was terrified the whole time, like absolutely on the edge of my seat, terrified. Because here I was 
thinking, I was like, this is a game. Games have enemies. So I always thought around the corner something was going to just, like, come out and just shock me, like, kill me. And I was always waiting for that moment. That's so fascinating, because it was like, it was my first game, really, yeah. so I had no real experience with it, besides being this weird place. And I remember finding stuff, you know, finding the uh, the panel and the fireplace, and finding the, uh, when you light the burner, the tree goes up, and you can get it. You know, I remember finding all this stuff. I even remember finding, like, the half letter in, in one world and the mm-hmm. other, yeah. like, writing yeah. it down, yeah. and, you know, I remember all this stuff, but I never put all the pieces together. So I actually do kind of want to go back and play, play Mist as, as it is. I'm, I've become an expert at talking people through that game cryptically. So, <laughs> uh, so we got podcasts, new podcasts, Crimson King Cast. What was the name of the podcast you're going to be working on with them? As We Like It. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I saw you all talking about it on uh, Twitter. So Yeah. Um, and Katie, the time is right for you to start your own podcast. <laughs> you got to do it or we're going to kick you off the show. I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll just do like the pony hour. The Pony Power Hour, where I just talk about ponies. I always felt like or something. I always felt like maybe this, <laughs> this probably won't be on the podcast. But was this idea of doing something that was just primarily on just short fiction? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of ponies, though, I came up with an idea today. If we were Scottish and all under My Little Pony, we could ha- call our we could call our meetup group the the Shetland Bronies. And we could. All right. I think that's enough <laughs> meandering for now. Well, We'll try to keep the meandering conversation to the end of the podcast instead of the beginning. <laughs> but I like it, so and I feel like some people like listen to it. So anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. I'm Nob. I'm Bob. I'm Strider. No, you're Butterbur. <laughs> yeah, you have to be Butterbur mm, then. I want to be Strider. <laughs> you're not Strider. <sighs> Strider's pretty cool, though. Strider is perhaps one of my favorite characters. Out of all the people in the room, I feel like who would probably work as Strider, it's John, because he's got a beard and I don't, so... <laughs> Well, thank you. You grew that beard fast. Sorry. <laughs> I my I shaved a couple weeks ago and it's back. That's yes. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening to Talking Tolkien. You can find us online at talkingtolkien.com and you can send us an email to the professor at talkingtolkien.com. We are also Talking Tolkien on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Stitcher. If you're an iTunes subscriber and you like what you hear, please be sure to give us a rating and review. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate as little as $1 per month to help us grow our podcast and help with expenses such as microphones and server space. Every little bit is appreciated.